Welcome back to the Competitive Hedge Podcast. It is August 21st, and we're going to be talking about some bets this morning as far as what teams we like uh, on the English soccer side of things, maybe some MLB update on the PGA, and then we're going to cap it off by talking about the New Orleans Saints as a part of our 21st NFL team preview. But let's start by talking about a couple of results from yesterday's games. We did have a full slate of bets that we put out yesterday. Unfortunately, we had a lot of really close results that just didn't end up going our way. Uh, The Milwaukee Brewers, they lose in the 11th inning to the Chicago Cubs. Seattle and Oakland over 7.5. They finish at 7 on the nose. Hamilton Moneyline, they lose by 1 in the CFL. But then the Vegas Aces covered the minus 16.5 to win on that front. Now, EPL-wise, overall for the weekend, we are 3-2. and two. Uh, Crystal Palace won with the draw-no-bet. Fulham and Brentford both scored. We also had Arsenal first-half money line. Unfortunately, Tottenham, they won 1-0, so the over 2.5 goals and the both teams to score misses. But the as does the Leicester City money line, they were up one to nothing and then end up losing 2-1. to one. Now, as far as today's games go, we're not going to go through the entire slate of games. We're just going to talk about a few of note that we're maybe not betting on, but to keep an eye on today. So we're going to start with the BMW Championship. We put out our bets earlier in the week. Now, we have Patrick Cantley as one of our winners. He's currently sitting in first place heading into the final day. We also have Rory McIlroy to win as well. He's tied for 10th. As we're recording right now, Sepp Straka, he is tied for 18th. We need a top 20 out of him. Sam Burns sits T18 as well. And then Billy Horschel finish, or is at T42 as of right now. Will Zalatoris withdrew, and Tony Finau is out of it. So that's where we're sitting at on the PGA side of things. Now, we also have a couple WNBA playoff games today. We got the Dallas Wings versus the Connecticut Sun. The Sun blew out the Wings in game one. So we'll see if they can close it out as a part of the best of three. And then Seattle Storm, they're up one to nothing versus the Washington Mystics. So they are playing at home today. That one tips off at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Now, EPL games from today. We had both teams to score in Leeds and Chelsea. Three to nothing was the final there. Leeds wins. Chelsea picked up a late red card, but Leeds dominated from start to finish. And then Brighton, they went on the road 2-0 over West Ham. Now, Newcastle and Manchester City, this is one of our bets from earlier in the week that we liked. We liked the over two and a half goals today for that Man City and Newcastle game. So definitely one to keep an eye on on the betting side of things. The late game today in MLB is Boston and Baltimore. You got Pavetta versus Kramer. I do like the Red Sox stay at minus 115. It is not a part of our betting card, but it is a bet that we like today. You got the Reds and Pirates today. Pirates are minus 120. You got Zach Thompson on the mound versus Minor. I do like the Reds today. They're underdogs at even money. So we like the Reds today. Not part of our official betting card, but another one that we like. And then one final play that we like is the Yankees money line versus the Jays. The Jays got Manoa going, but Cortez going for the Yankees at home. So another play that we like today. Now let's talk about our official betting plays for the day. We got four for you, and we're going to give them to you right away. Starting with Seattle Storm, minus two and a half versus the Mystics. It's minus three and a half, but we're buying the point to make it minus 137. Seattle, they're in a game that I think uh, 
they really want to win. They want to close it out right away. You don't want to have to go back for the third game in Washington. And this is Subert's final season. There's a bit of added motivation there for this Seattle team. So I really like the Seattle Storm minus two and a half today. Then the Dallas Wings plus 12 and a half versus the Connecticut Sun. Yes, Dallas got absolutely blown out in game one, but their season is on the line today. They are going to keep it close. I don't think they're going to win. I think they do end up getting swept today. But 12 and a half is a lot of points for a team that came in playing very hot. They just didn't show up in game one. So I like Dallas plus 12 and a half at minus 110. Then I like the White Sox money line versus Cleveland. This one, first pitch goes out at just past noon Eastern time. When you got Dylan Cease on the mound, he's one of those guys that you really want to get behind. And he's going up against Aaron Savelle. I mean, when we're looking at the pitching matchup, Cease is 12 and 5 with a 2.09 ERA, taking on Savale, who's 2 and 5 with a 5.63. Love the White Sox money line today at minus 125, even being on the road. And then Miami money line versus the Dodgers at plus 145. The values there, given you got Sandy Alcantara on the mound, he's the other guy in the MLB this year that you really want to back. And even though it is the Dodgers, they're one of the best teams in the majors. I do like that Miami money line today versus the Dodgers at plus 145. So those are our official betting plays for today. Go and check them out at bet99.com. They are our sponsor for this show. Use promo code shooters at signup. Now let's talk about our off the ball network football team preview with the New Orleans Saints. Now, as I said, this is our 21st NFL team preview. Yesterday was all about the Miami Dolphins. We talked about the Dolphins with Dylan Istash, good friend of the show. And so today, it involves a team from the NFC South. It's a team that's going to be in the hunt for the playoffs in the NFC, but they might have a tough schedule in order to get there, that being the New Orleans Saints. So to recap last season for the Saints, they went 9-8. and eight. This is a team that had quarterback injuries last year. They started with Jameis Winston. Ended up having to go to Taysom Hill for a little bit. Even Ian Book started a game, which I never thought I would say in the NFL. But injuries really derailed the Saints until late in the year. Then they they made a late push. They won four of their last five games. Unfortunately, just missing the playoffs by a single game. So Sean Payton then leaves after his long tenure with the Saints, meaning that this will be Dennis Allen's first year as head coach for this Saints team. Now, what are the Saints going to look like from last year compared to this year? Well, the defense is going to be a bit better. Uh, This was already a good defense last year, and then they went out and added Tyron Matthew and Marcus May. Now, Matthew comes over from a very good Kansas City Chiefs team, but he's going to be one of the better players on this defense. And Marcus May, he's going to miss a couple games due to some off-the-field stuff, but he'll be in there when the games matter down the stretch. As far as offense goes, they went out, they drafted Chris Olave, and they also brought in Jarvis Landry to improve their core of weapons. As well, they're going to get Michael Thomas back, who didn't play all of last season. So adding all those guys is pretty massive for this Saints team. Now, as I said, the Saints, they're going to be in that playoff hunt, but are they really good enough to get into the playoffs? And I think when we talk about the Saints, it all boils down to how that quarterback play is going to look. Now, the NFC, we know it's weaker. We could point to probably four teams that we really feel confident are going to make the playoffs. But then there's a lot of question marks, even within this own division, whether Carolina's good enough. We know Atlanta isn't. 
but the Saints are there as well. You've got Minnesota in the NFC North. You've got Philly. You've got Washington. You've even got the Cardinals and 49ers. So there's a lot of teams that are in the hunt for that final playoff spot. Now, what do the Saints need to do better this year in order to get into the playoffs? Well, as we said, the defense has improved and it was already a good defense. So they're going to lean on them quite a bit. Now, they do have a good running game led by Alvin Kamara. Everything that we're hearing is that he will be playing this full season. We knew there was some off-the-field stuff with him, but it looks like if he is suspended, it's not going to be until next season. So the Saints, are they good enough? It boils down to quarterback play. How does Jameis look? Last year, he had a bit of a pass, given the fact that he didn't have the weapons. He was throwing to Marquez Callaway and, and leaning on Taysom Hill with some package stuff, but with this season, he's going to have that complement of weapons needed in order to go out and succeed. Now, the new head coach is also going to make things very interesting here. You always felt like the Saints had a bit of an edge having Sean Payton at the helm, but now they have the new head coach there. So this could be a playoff team, but when we're talking from a betting perspective, is it really the best bet to make for this Saints team? Now, we're not going to get too heavy into the Saints winning this division conversation. You've got Tampa Bay minus 304. They've still got Tom Brady. They've got Mike Evans, a good defense. And the Saints, they're plus 350. But they are plus 124 to make the playoffs. So Vegas doesn't think they're going to. They're leaning more so to the no route. Now, why is that? When you look at the win total, you're looking at over under eight and a half wins. Now, the under is minus 134 and the over is plus 100. And a lot of this has to just do with this schedule that they have. Now, I think they have the potential to go four and two in the division. They've had Tampa's number over the last couple of years, so I won't be shocked if they go out and win a game against Tampa Bay. I think they split with the Panthers, and then it all is based off of, well, do they go and sweep the Falcons? I think they can, but I'm going to lean more so three and three to finish. So let's look at some of these other non-division games that they're going to have to play. You do have to go and play the Vikings. You have Seattle and Cincy, a couple of early games. You'd like to go and be 2-1 and one after those games if you're going to have a shot. That gets you to the five-win total. Then you've got Arizona, you've got Vegas, and you got Baltimore. Try and win one of those games. You're hoping for two, but if you win just one, now you're up to six wins. Then down the stretch, you've got Pittsburgh, the Rams, San Francisco, Cleveland with Deshaun Watson and Philadelphia, meaning you're going to have to go three and two over that final stretch or two and three, depending how the early games go or how you do in the division. I don't love that when you have to take on defending Super Bowl champs, team that was in the NFC championship, team that was in the playoffs last year, Pittsburgh with that defense, Cleveland having Deshaun back. There's just a very tough schedule down the stretch and so I don't know if I like taking the over-under on either win total here. But if we're talking about a good spot to hedge here, second place in the division at plus 125 and third at plus 225. Now, we already talked during our Carolina Panthers preview show that there was a chance that Carolina could shock some people, maybe get into the playoffs. So if you hedge here, you bet both. You're hoping that they finish third. You're hoping that what I said was right, that Carolina goes on, they make the playoffs. If not, then you're still making a bit of money here. Now, I would put a full unit on them to finish second place in this division. But if you're going to put the half 
on the plus 225, then it's still a great opportunity in order to succeed. Now, fantasy value-wise, this is a team that's got some question marks as far as fantasy value goes, but there's definitely some value to be had here. You have Jameis Winston. His ADP is 163. Now, the range that he's getting drafted in, he's behind Deshaun Watson, who we know is going to miss the majority of the season, but is a guy that if you draft him and keep him on your bench, then you could play him come playoff time. And Trevor Lawrence, he is ahead of Matt Ryan and Mac Jones. So you don't want Jameis week to week because there's going to be times, keep in mind, this is a quarterback that threw 30 TDs and 30 interceptions in a season. But is he a guy that could be the best waiver wire pickup that you find out there, depending on the matchup? I think he is. I don't trust these second year guys to come in and win you a week in fantasy. While I do believe that a Mac Jones or a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields might have that one game or two where they really light it up, I think Jameis is more capable of three or four of those. Matt Ryan, he's the safe option in that range. If you pick up Matt Ryan, you're probably looking at a safe 15 to 20 points. But if you're looking for that QB that could explode for 30 and win you a week, I think Jameis Winston is that guy. You're not going to play him every single week, but he's a guy that definitely has some value there. Now, running back-wise, Alvin Kamara, his ADP right now is 18, which puts him in that mid-second round range. As I said earlier, everything I've read says that Alvin Kamara gets suspended. Not this year, but the following year. So is he's just ahead of Aaron Jones right now. He's a couple spots behind DeAndre Swift and Nick Chubb. And if I'm talking about all four of those running backs, I think he is the highest upside of the four. We've got Chubb in an offense that's not going to have Deshaun for 11 weeks, which is tough. And if Jacoby Brissett's at the helm, they're going to key in on Chubb. DeAndre Swift has proven that he can't play a full season yet because he's an undersized back. And then Aaron Jones, he's going to be splitting a lot with A.J. Dillon. So this is the best value play for me going in the second round right now. He could be a late first rounder by the time your draft rolls around. I think if you're early in the second round, I pass on Swift and Chubb and just go straight to Kamara because for many years, he was that top five or six running back. And he's only at that ADP until it's official that he's going to play the full season. But it's looking like he will. So I think the value's there. I do love this value for him. And so mid-second round on Alvin Kamara, sign me up every day of the week. Now, wide receiver-wise, there's three wide receivers that you could draft in this offense, and none of which you're going to have to spend a top five pick on in your draft or in the first five rounds in order to do so. Starting with Michael Thomas, his ADP is 64. Looking at a six-round pick for him, he has the most potential of anyone in this range. You've got Amon Ross St. Brown, who's got Jared Goff as QB. You've got Juju, who's going to be the number two in that offense. Cooks with a bad team and Godwin with Tom, but behind Mike Evans. Michael Thomas is the clear number one in this offense. We're talking about a guy that was a Madden 99 club guy a couple years ago. He sat out all of last season. We weren't sure if he was going to come back. He sounds like he's fully healthy. And so the slant man could be back. So from a fantasy perspective, you could get him as your third wide receiver and play him at your flex spot. And you'd be happy. You could also have a ton of running backs and you take him as your second wide receiver and you feel good week to week of what he's capable of giving you, especially in PPR. I think that's where his value truly is. He's going to have a lot of catches. Now you could also go out and get Chris Olave, the rookie who has some upside, 
but he's also once again with Jameis Winston who are waiting to see how he's going to look this year. Now, Thomas is safe because regardless of Jameis's play, I think he's going to lean on him. But you're taking a gamble of who's going to be the next best guy out of Alave and Landry. They're both going past the 10th round. And so Jarvis, especially, he's going closer to the 12th round. You probably don't want to start either of these guys week to week fantasy wise. Now, they could be okay flex options, bi week options, but you really would hope that you wouldn't have to start these guys week to week. I think you view Landry as more of a safety net, Alave is more of a high upside guy that could be a league winner if he has a great rookie year. But overall, I think you've got three wide receivers in this offense that are draftable that you probably won't be dropping very much. Landry, you might drop him at some point if injuries happen, but this is a guy that has some value. He's been a good wide receiver for a long time. Tight end, don't even bother. This is not the team to go tight end um, unless you're in a league where Taysom Hill has that tight end. I tag on him on sleep wrap. They do have him there. But at that point, you're hoping that he's just running in a touchdown for you. He might be a guy that you pick up on on a bye week or when they're playing the Falcons and you hope that he runs in a touchdown for the Saints. But I don't know if he's going to be used as the gadget guy that Sean Payton liked him to be. We'll have to see how the head coach likes Taysom in this offense. But I don't know if there's a lot of value there in drafting a guy like Taysom Hill. So you can probably find better tight end options there. And you're not going the Troutman route as much as a lot of people did last year. So what are the expectations for the Saints this year? Based off the moves that they made, the expectation is that they're going to be a playoff team. Now, is that doable with the schedule? We already pointed to how difficult it is. They're going to have to go out and beat a couple teams that they probably shouldn't. But they're also going to be leaning on the good defense, the solid run game in a bad conference. And if Jameis is the guy, then he's going to get you to the playoffs. If they don't make the playoffs this year, then they're going to be moving on. They're going to have to go out and draft a quarterback. Maybe they keep Jameis for one more year, but I don't know how you can do that if you miss the playoffs in this week NFC. So I think that's the expectation for the Saints is that they're in the playoffs. Now, if they go out and win a playoff game, you're thrilled. If not, at least you made the playoffs. You can consider that a success based off of how last year went. As we said, this was a 9-8 and eight team last year that had injuries at QB. You get a healthy QB all year. You can maybe get to 10 wins and have some playoff football. But that caps off our NFL team preview for the New Orleans Saints. We're hoping to get some more episodes out there in the coming days with some more of these teams as we wind down to the NFL season kicking off. We're a couple weeks away. And so thank you to everyone that tunes into our show every single day. And we'll see you tomorrow for the Daily Competitive Head.